When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Michael McMillan, and I am letting you know that at the very end of this episode, after our conversation with the amazing Kristen Bauer, we uh, we have a special message for you. So, once you hear that conversation wind down and the outro music play, just uh, stick around for a minute. I think you're going to like this. Um, wasn't expecting it. Happy that we got it. Uh, there's uh, some controversy in the world of the Bigfoot Collectors Club. So that's all I'm going to say for now. Check it out at the end of this episode. In the meantime, enjoy our conversation with Kristen Bauer. It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. <laughs> I know a ghost story or two. Let's do this. <laughs> Welcome to Bigfoot Collectors Club, the podcast where we discuss paranormal stories and tales of high strangeness with celebrity guests. Yeah. I'm your host, Michael McMillan, and with me always is your other host, Bryce Johnson. Hi, Bryce. What's up, man? What's going on, dude? Not much. Hey, man. What's Are you excited on? about today? Yeah, happy to be back. I'm in the very clubhouse. excited because uh, I'm having a bit of a reunion right now with really? a very lovely actress. Yes, um, our guest today is someone who you've seen in a million things. I had the blessing of meeting her and working with her uh, when she played the fan favorite character Pam on True Blood, Ooh. and since then she's appeared on many different things. Uh, you've probably seen her in Once Upon a Time as Maleficent, and she was recently on the new show Lore, which might appeal to some of our listeners because it's about supernatural stuff. She co-starred opposite Robert the the Haunted Doll. Wow! Um, club members, please welcome. Kristen Bauer. Yay! Hi, everybody. Hi. I just wanted to bring you right in. That's amazing. No, pre What an introduction. Kristen. The the band is back together, so I don't remember. You're our first uh, guest from True Blood, cast member Uh, on the show. I picked the first for for, for, first, the best for first, and the first for first. Yeah, totally. (laughs) You're number one, anyway. I win! I get the gold medal. No one else competed. I haven't seen you, I think, since we did a comic convention together yeah which are all a blur always i know i know those are so much fun though to see that my favorite they're not fun but my favorite (laughs) part is to see you and people and you know like people that i wouldn't meet otherwise right right? right? like the walking dead cast get to go be with your friends or meet the star trek crew you know the and i'm a fan of battlestar galactica and you know so yeah there's always like some weird dinner that happens in those (laughs) where it's like it's like you me carrie elwes and a data from star trek like captain picard yeah captain picard it's like this is awesome this is the weirdest eclectic group of characters in a single dinner ever that's how i imagine it like a lifetime membership like you're in kid (laughs) 
totally. will take care of you for the rest of your life <laughs> if you treat it well, you know? <laughs> Which you're sort of happy about and also really sad. Because <laughs> right. my husband said, you can do these the rest of your life. And I was like, oh. oh. Well, yeah, I get <laughs> You just Listen, don't want to be. Listen, Lou Ferrigno pulls in a lot of dope. He'll show up to anything. I think Lou Ferrigno's been doing these conventions like since I was a kid. Well, when I was a kid, you know, and I think the Hulk was on when. I mean. Yeah. It, Se- but, a, late 70s, well, a, you, early 80s? Yeah. Because I was have, on when I was a kid. If you still have a line, that's the thing. I don't want to be 80 with no line. Right. Dude, I, my line runs out after 15 minutes. <laughs> I seriously, like, I was done. People came. I, like, signed all my shit. I look over. She's got a fucking line around the block of this convention center floor. I was like, you okay, you do know. That I'm on the same show. She is. I also play a vampire. You're Does trying anybody to steal her line a little bit? Oh my god! Yeah, Mike I can't it. match Kristen's star power at these things. But anyway, uh, Kristen, we are so excited to have you. Yes. Um, and I mentioned earlier that you uh, start opposite Robert the Haunted Doll on an mm-hmm. episode of Lore. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys know about no. Robert the Haunted Doll. He's a doll. Real quick. He was a he's a doll that uh, is in Key West in a museum. He's like from the Victorian era, and he was made by um, a Victorian family for their. He was made by their nanny, who supposedly I don't know how racist this is. This I is a real object. About, this is a real thing, but supposedly his nanny, and you probably know some of the maybe was like a. Like uh, had some background in like voodoo or Creole yeah, stuff. Jamaican, or Jamaican. I don't, I don't know. know. So did it's a little make it or well, just bring it back. Uh, she, I think she made it, but it, <laughs> it was it was for this boy. And Robert the doll was like a life size kid doll that she made using parts of the boy's real hair and Ooh, stuff. So Pinocchio. Yeah. So supposedly, Robert the doll. Like things would happen in the house, like something would get broken and the little boy would be like, I didn't do it. Robert did it. Robert did it. And supposedly there's like all these eyewitness accounts of the doll moving on its own or like kids coming by with their sticks and hoops and looking up in the window and seeing Robert looking at them through the window of the Mm -hmm. attic. And the doll was left up in the house long after the family had moved away and then was finally found, I think, first by a new family that moved in and then eventually was put in this museum. And museum workers have, have like, gone to the case where Robert is and the at night and the case door is i'm getting scared talking like it's the cabinet door is open and the doll is missing and there was one security guard uh that worked there and she said that she was just doing the rounds and she felt something come up and tug her on the back of the shirt and she turned around and she saw robert the doll running back down the hallway she quit her job that 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 night good finally some a reasonable person yeah so Kristen. (laughs) Kristen was in an episode uh, about the about Robert, and I want to know: Did you meet Robert the doll? The- so, so I didn't meet the real Robert. Yeah, which I kept telling myself this is not the real Robert because I had I'm yanking him around, yelling at him. <laughs> I, I pulled his arm off by accident. Oh my god! Right, and one of the big things is you have to ask for his permission to be in a photo with him. Well, I'm in a freaking TV show with him. And I, I'm like, I, I didn't, it's not really up to me. Um, we signed a contract, yeah, Robert. Right, right. This is my, my agent. You should, you should haunt my agent. I don't know. Right. And, um, and then I, I threw him in a coffin and nailed it shut. And so 
But I did. Gosh. I took a photo of him on my phone and then deleted it. And I was, I was thinking of the replica or the real one. The replica, okay. even. Yeah. So I wouldn't mess with that fucking replica, frankly. <laughs> frankly, if 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 a if a if a weird spirit can haunt one doll, it can haunt. Its right. Clone. I mean, is it like Donnie Jr.? I don't know. It's still it, it can still do harm. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's kind of a copy of oh, a copy. Yeah. Uh, it's losing. You don't its know strength, what kind but... of meetings he's setting up behind your back. <laughs> can still hurt us so it, it was amazing interesting and you know the lore podcast is really impressive and um I, Aaron Minky is really a beyond lovely yeah, person. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of that show. Yeah, I really, really like him. I got to meet him on one weekend promoting it, and so it was a, a great experience. It's on Amazon, and all of the episodes are creepy, creepy, creepy. Oh, creepy. that sounds like right up my alley. Yeah, it's an amazing, amazing story because this is a guy who is an author, and he would do all kinds of research, mm. and he had this massive PDF, and in his, of all the stuff that he didn't use, and then he, his whole focus was selling books, and he thought, well, if I, I need people's email address so that I can send them a thing that I wrote a new book. So... Maybe if I give them this massive PDF for free, they'll give me their email address. And a friend said, why don't you just record each, like make it 8,000 episodes. He had so much information as a podcast. And so him and a keyboard player did that. Wow. And it's like 50 million Guys, downloads or something We need now. a keyboard player. Wow. Let's get on that. Oh, you know what? Riley oh, can do Riley's it. Riley's yeah. raising his hand. There's about 40 instruments in <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. We are not taking advantage yeah. of this space. <laughs> That's so funny. You, if you guys are like, no, none of us play them. Riley's <laughs> yeah. in the band. <laughs> uh. Um, I mean, Aaron Mankey, good on you, but watch your back because here comes Bigfoot Collectors Club. Right <laughs> watch your back. I can do some research. Dang. I can get some emails. Yeah. No, I love that show. It's a great podcast, mm. and uh, mm. I, I need to dig into the TV series. Uh, Kristen, so we ask all our guests, what is your par personal paranormal history? Okay, so I was practicing this story in the, the shower because uh, I did shower. But um, which is rare. But I had to leave the house. Um, it was a <laughs> I podcast, made the same so I almost today. didn't. <laughs> yeah. But okay, so the hard part is that if that glass moved right now, we would all scream and run and never come back. But we're so desensitized, you know. We watch aliens and the, I. But this it was really intense when it happened to me. So my grandmother. My mother grew up in a Victorian home built, you know, early 1900s, and her bedroom that I would stay in when I was there was a twin bed, and looking out over your toes, there was a door centered in the wall with the skeleton key sitting in the hole. Already? No. Right? <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, even worse, that door went to an attic space. In the attic space was a circular stairway, back stairway, down to the kitchen and then down to a creepy basement. Hmm. And this is like up through the middle of the house? The end of the house. Yeah, okay. And I could not sleep in that room. Wonder why. Yeah, wonder why. <laughs> I would sit there and just stare at that key yeah just waiting for it to go yep turn and there would click. be 
sounds in a house and I would imagine all kinds of things. So I went down to the living room to sleep on the couch, some old Victorian couch. And there was a coffee table not too far from me with my grandmother's painter and she had big, heavy coffee table art books. Mm -hmm. And as a kid, I'm familiar. I was coffee right. Table, art coffee books. table yeah. art books. Yeah. We yeah. know them now. Yeah. Um, and not period accurate, but right. She enjoyed art, so I understand why they're there. Yes, yes, okay. exactly. They're there. They're probably gifts. She didn't yeah. know what yeah, yeah. from us. She didn't know what to do with. So, it, as a kid, you're a very, very sound sleeper. I wake up, and you know you're groggy, and I'm hearing the sounds of those heavy pages flip, flip. Mm. And uh, whatever, and I kind of roll over, flip, flip. That sound of that heavy paper, like someone is sitting 10 feet away. Reading. <laughs> looking through this book. Yeah. And pretty, and it's so consistent that pretty soon I'm waking up more and more. Well, at a certain point, I am awake. Yeah. And I'm lying there. And there is no, there's nothing else that this can be. And I'm going through everything. It's the furnace blowing a curtain. No, there aren't. Now, are you looking at the books? The room is pitch black. Oh, and God. I'm trying to get my eyeballs yeah. to see this table and it's pitch black. Kids are so brave, aren't they? I just sat there frozen to the point where I was 110% awake. And you're still hearing the same. And I'm still just hearing this book with these pages flipping. And there is, there's no way a heater vent can open a coffee table book and continue to, to rhythmically just like a person looking through a book. And eventually, my heart is beating out of my chest I'm shaking. I can't. There's nothing else it can be. So I get up and I just tear out of the room, up the stairs, into my grandmother's room. And she's in her twin bed. And I lie down on the floor next to her. And I'm going to sleep there. And she wakes up and goes, who's in here? What's going on? <laughs> and my grandma, I'm really scared. I'm down here on the floor. And she goes, get out of here. I'm going to get up in the middle of the night and break my neck. Oh, that. <laughs> and so I went, uh, Beyond petrified, oh, I went God. to the hallway. Childhood is rough. Childhood oh is so brutal. I don't recommend it. Out in the hallway, I the I she closed the door. I closed the door, and I just sat there with my back to her door, with my feet at the edge of the staircase down to that living room, and I don't think I I eventually did. Because when I when she opened the door in the morning when she woke up, I was in the fetal position sleeping on the floor there. And she's like, see, I almost tripped. <laughs> yeah. Go to bed. What's wrong with you? <laughs> you and know, I, we got a, a book flipping ghost down here. He's going to fall and hit his head. Oh, and I don't know why. You know, it's a fascinating thing to me. Why? Because I believe that we are all a soul, a spirit in a body. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm talking to a ghost in a body. There's another ghost in the body running the board. There's another sure. ghost in a body with a broken foot. Yep. And so why, when it's not in a body, and am I afraid of it? Because it can do a lot less to me. You can punch me. You can say something rude. Um, 
but a ghost out of a body has very limited capacity. Well, until it does something in the physical universe that you live in, which uh-huh. and reside in, which is like turn a page of a real book that's lying next to or you, or throw yes. a plate at you. Yeah, head. then we have a problem. You know, and I I asked a minister actually why that freaks me out and he said because they're not playing by the rules mm. right and it's I like the thought, bell witch remember the bell witch from episode two mm-hmm. she supposedly killed that guy <laughs> like yeah. right that's not know. playing by the no. rules yeah. in any realm no, I mean, you know, oh, I, I got that image of you just wanting to be next to your grandma, having to sit outside that door. I just, I and little, beyond petrified because it's so real. It was to so you real to me as a child. You know, I have a little six-year-old boy, and the first thing he does when when we hear him, he busts out of his room and runs ass down the hall. I'm up because he's so afraid of like the the darkness from the hallway, a leftover from last night. You know, and it's like. You gotta forget in like, the like cozy yeah. Valley Glen house that yeah. you have. No, like so he's it's like, terrified of monsters. Yeah, no, it's I like know. it's like the hallway is lava or like a deep dark abyss, and it's I like yeah, it's just like a giant throat. And it's that's real. Swallow it's you. it's not just this is hey, just get to your room. It's like I can't. There's a dark chasm on my way there, and I'm going there right now. I need to stand next to the wall. And I you're had like, that oh my as god, a kid. but it's that's like, real. It's, it's like the darkness is a knife at your back. And yeah, you're just like, oh. yeah. I had that as a kid. I had terrible nightmares. I still do, oh, and too, that long I hallway. Yeah, I there were four bedrooms, and I was at the furthest point from my parents' bedroom. Right. And to get down that hallway, you were only propelled by fear that in your bedroom that was so bad. Yeah. Also, this just makes me think like antiques suck. Like, <laughs> like a house full of old shit when you're a kid is such why- a. Bummer. Ikea is great, right? Yeah. Like, this can't be haunted. Say. This is Ikea. Everyone this is go mid-century <laughs> modern because that antique shit sucks. And like I remember when we were when I was a kid, we had um I, my parents and my my sister were all on the second story, and I had a bedroom on the ground floor. And my parents, I had windows that when I, I was four years old that literally had no curtains or blinds oh. and it looked out into the woods at night <laughs> yeah and there was so i was just like constantly scared and That's we had this statue terrible. um i don't know where my parents got it but it was of it's like um um maybe mar- it's not marble but it's some like stone statue of esmeralda from uh the gypsy from uh hunchback of notre dame okay mm-hmm. but it was just, it was like not, it was on the landing, like not so far from my bedroom. It's like Eerie. a pretty direct shot. And I was just like, she's going to come to life. It was like right. three foot tall. Right. I was like, I'm going to wake up and that fucking statue is going to be standing over me. <laughs> I was just like, I. it's like any of that old, old stuff. And well, that old don't... uncomfortable couch that you had to sleep on, mm. and that old dumb door with the key in it. Screw it. Yeah. Get get out of there. Yeah. Quit, I don't quit your it. job and leave the museum. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think people, adults, we forget how good our imaginations used to be. Yeah. Right. And as actors, you know, we go through incredible things to imagine all, all sorts of things and bring them to life. But as a kid, you there's no effort. Right. And I remember one night running down the hall like. <laughs> Because there was an alligator in my closet, and it turned out to be just the corner of a bandana. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And it was going to kill me. Right. Right. So. (laughs) No, you know, but you know, but and then this is what we love about this podcast is like because we'll get to that, but then 
we start to uncover a few of these stories and, and the, but there's like things that adults and multiple adults are experiencing and when you start to like corroborate mm-hmm. witnesses who's like nope i saw that too okay and it's and boy and then you just get into like gosh how do you explain what, what that thing was or what that was mm-hmm. and no and it's like you said like that one they're they're not behaving or what there's something real that's taking place mm-hmm. not just like you know, in in a semi sleep state of waking up and you know sleep hypnagogia or a, a lucid sense of awakeness. You're this is some some of these things happen in broad daylight or mm-hmm. you know I mean yeah it's like which is which is why we're all fascinated with it because we're uh, just like you were like was somebody we want to know was somebody turning that book is this the afterlife is this a a crossing over of dimensions I mean what 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 is the experience here? Well, and I've had situations where. I went to a medium once. Well, I didn't go to a medium. It was at a con. Mm. So, um, you know, it was one of those weird dinners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, there was a Power Ranger, um, <laughs> a Walking Dead person. And a psychic. You know, and some girl I didn't know. And we were in the elevator at the end of the night and three women and they were all friends from before. And they said, let's do a group reading. She's a medium. Mm-hmm. And I, my niece had died. Oh, so sorry. Not long before. Yeah. Here, here we come. Here, here, here it goes. Comes. Oh, boy. And this was in the middle of shooting in season seven. I got a call on the way to the set that she just collapsed and she's in a coma. And I was checking I my phone between takes. <sighs> wow. And two days later, she died. And we don't know why. And... And this wasn't that long before. And I was so overwhelmed with emotions the second she said she was a medium that I could not speak. And I just was digging my nails into my palms of my hands trying to not break down. And I and I just kind of nodded my head like, hmm. And then I just said, oh, okay, call me. And I got to my room. And they, the girl called and said, let's all, you know, have this pajama party and see if we can contact someone. Thank you on the other side. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, um, I, I, I can't do that with a group was all I could really say. And so the medium came over and I didn't say anything about my experience and she, I had gotten a butterfly tattoo here for Lizzie and she goes, she's like, oh, she, she contacted, first it was my dad and he said something. Oh, she goes, she goes, there's a male figure and he says she got her good looks from me. And that was his joke. That was his, you know, dads that tell the same joke over and over and over that you're so annoyed by them. And when they're dead, you're like, oh, I love that joke. Yeah. And so I burst out sobbing. So this girl can't have known that. So she's actually communicating to my dead father. And then she says, but he says you don't want to talk to him. And I'm like, no. And she goes, I'm just picturing a butterfly, a butterfly tattoo, you know? And I'm like, oh, my God, that that, like she's talking to Lizzie. Mm -hmm. And it was... And she was like, and she was saying, because she was a singer, she goes, I'm singing again. I'm happy. And then she had this unbelievable, We, you know, there's a part of my family that got this really fabulous hair. <laughs> 
And I think you got it too. I, I kind of did get great hair, especially for a blonde. Like I, I, I can. I'm not bragging. I had nothing to do with it. It just happened. And Lizzie had this ridiculous hair and she goes and my hair is long again (laughs) right they had to shave part of it and and so there's just no way to walk away from that experience to not go okay she could be tapping into my memories in my brain and just looking at a television set that's playing my memories yeah Mm -hmm. so there are ways to break that down if you're really determined to. Um, I, it's like someone saying, prove to me you're breathing air. Mm-hmm. Well, I just am. I just know I am. So yeah. for me, are we all a spirit and a body? And some in, in a body are nice and not nice and play by the rules and don't play by the rules. And some out of a body are nice and not nice and don't play by the rules and are upset and disturbed. And so, But I have contacted people I cared about. Yeah. Who are not in their bodies anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're not the only one. I mean, right. you know, this is uh my family's had experience with this, signs from the other side, like mm-hmm. of, of peace, of uh of just of hey, I'm okay. Yeah. You know, and and you know We've talked about it on the show. I yeah. Mean, I've had family members in dreams. Coming. No, it, it's true. Yeah. And you know, gosh, I mean, that stuff is so real. And to deny that experience of the user to like you know, we often talk about, you know, I'm not if you're familiar if you're familiar with like Houdini, but he had a big thing where he didn't believe in psychics and he spent a lot of his life trying to like, you know, debunk them. And uh. what I what, what what seems to like they don't seem to be missing is that when you try to confine these two experiments in like a certain setting right. and we're going to do it here and we're going to do it now and we're going to do it this way, mm-hmm. you know, the universe or the spirits say, no, the fuck we're not. Right. You know what I mean? And it's right. like. And so when you put those tests, like Houdini said, well, when I when I pass away, I'll give you a password. And if there's another side, I'll give it to you. You mm-hmm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's that's his own rules. Well, you know, we don't get to define the rules. And he of might the pass universe. away and five seconds later go, that was so stupid. Who cares about that? Yeah, I can yeah, right. I can run exactly. the universe now. That's right. And he might go, yeah, exactly. You go, oh, well, that's unimportant. Yeah. And now I know for a larger reason that I couldn't see in my life why things don't yeah that and you know what's more important is that joke from your dad because it's that stuff that is like leaves resonance it's Mm -hmm. that stuff that i think comprises of what makes the universe you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's like deep deep you know emotion or vibration or energy that somehow connects us all Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and 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 if i'm like i don't like to think that like you know your niece is like living in the afterworld waiting around for you to like pick up on a signal no mm-hmm. it's like hey i have a message for you i'm off you know mm-hmm. and, and it's i'm like, good and the I'm message good. is i'm good and isn't yeah. it always that message mm-hmm. it's always it I'm is good it is you be good it, it actually enjoy your life the stories that i have heard like this and thank you so much for sharing seriously that, my I mean, god i mean i mean in the ones similar love you different but uh, but different that i've experienced and i've i had a family member like um like a, a, my grandmother had showed up to somebody, and it's it's that message. The message is when they typically show up, it's like I'm good, I'm happy, things are okay. Right. And and it why really, do we get so sad? Well, because we miss them. Because we're attached. We're and we're attached and, and, attached, and we're on. And I think what they're trying to say is like, hey, everything's cool. I'm here. We're good. I'm happy. Things are as yeah. good as you think they are on the other side. And I think stories like that remind us to be like, okay, cool. 
and my time will come too. Yeah. You know? Right. And I just want to say something else you, you mentioned, Bryce, it made me think is that because there's one good good psychic doesn't mean that all psychics are good. Because right. there's yeah. one huckster that doesn't Dennis. mean that all... Exactly. Right? Yeah. It's the same thing. <laughs> and just because there's one fake Bigfoot signing, there's right. not... That doesn't mean that there well, wasn't one, one actual one. One bad apple doesn't right. spoil yeah. the bunch. And, I, and, and, I believe and, that. And one good one doesn't validate everybody else. So yeah. I think sometimes in this realm that we're diving into, people go, well, they proved that that thing wasn't true, so therefore there's no such thing as a Loch Ness Monster. And it's <laughs> no. like, well, no, yes, that didn't work. Or right. yes, this psychic was cold reading you and was clearly pulling the wool over your eyes. But for every one of those, you have something like Kristen Experience. Where it's true. And it's and and it comes to a point that really what I want to come down the point I'm trying to make is at the end of the day, does it fucking matter if the results right. happen? Like if the, the result effect. if the results work. Right. If you take the pill and it was sugar and your headache goes away, do you care? Yes, yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, I tend to be a believer on on this stuff, not not by default, but mm-hmm. I believe this story. And yeah. the story I just heard. I can't argue with that. And I can't argue with the reality, the emotional reality and the truth that provided Kristen. Mm-hmm. And it's those stories that I'm chasing after on a show it's on a, this show. It's mm-hmm. absolutely true. Um, so you know, and this is what another thing we just I just love about this whole <clears throat> genre, this this field is like, you know, we'll people see these UFO sightings or these sightings and and there's compounding evidence compounding evidence evidence and it's really just like an FU, not an FU, but it's like to the to the science community who think they've got it all figured out right. and locked and loaded and they've got all the answers and it's just it, I love it. It provides a great mystery that says no, you don't, and you never will. I know. And why they can't allow for that when throughout history it was leeches. We do mm. leeches. We do right, bloodletting. Right, right, right? right. We don't wash our hands. And then ten years later, oh my god, well, you know. And my brother just had his knee surgery for the second time. Well, twenty years ago they were like, yeah, that was wrong. Now we know it. Why can't you just say well, this is what we know I now? think the good scientists do that. Yes, I think the yes. brilliant scientists go, yes. we don't know. All of this yes. ultimately yes. is theory. I mean, there's a great right. – I was just watching a great um, talk by Neil deGrasse uh, Tyson, mm. and he was like – talking about the history of the universe and the big bang and like so much of it he was like everything i'm showing you we don't know what the fuck we're talking That's about right. you know what right. i mean yeah. but here's what we we can gather from all this stuff well, i'm clearly paraphrasing i him, think but. science maybe took a wrong turn when they went from their main focus of observation to creation our science mm-hmm. is now basically for creating new things to make our lives more convenient you know right. and when it used to be focused on what is this we're observing you know what i mean and mm-hmm. and, and now we do and not... anyone can observe well that's yeah. right Right, and that's right. And now science is denying the user their observations, and we're and we're we're subclass to those of crazies or misfits or or yeah. seeing things. But and the it's cutting like, edge guys are doing experiments that show that the observer actually changes the experiment. Well, that's this, right. The that's quantum, quantum field. Physics. Like you cannot this. observe a subatomic particle <laughs> until you place eyes on it, you know, right. or well, your think, mind on it. I think Kristen's it. part of the club. You're in the club. Uh, so I'm Kristen, club. you uh, <laughs> obviously open to ghosts. Uh, what about UFOs? You open to UFOs? Of course. To think we're the only, I mean, really, if this is it, I, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, I'll join really? you. Really? This is, this is it. And this then, is the height uh, of. Yeah. No. This is the height. <laughs> this is the best the universe can do. Yeah. This is the best or the worst. I mean, uh, it's just, the, 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 you know, how big this place no shit. is. Very expansive. Uh, and then finally, are you open to Bigfoot? 
Of course. Well, to me, it's Chewbacca, and I love Chewbacca so <laughs> <Yeah>. much. <laughs> it's true. Oh, man. Oh, my God. At a con, I saw a fan in a Chewbacca costume and cried. Like, I love Chewbacca. <laughs> and I was like, this is so embarrassing. Oh, then, I would cry. Then Chewbacca's hugging me, and I'm sobbing in Chewbacca's arms, and I'm like, this is... I don't know who is under this if, fur. If, like, the real Chewbacca <laughs> hugged me, I would sob hysterically. Oh, my I know. God. How about? I don't want to get us crying again, but I just watched the film Wonder with my uh, with my family the other night. Have you heard of that film Wonder? It's no. about that young boy who had oh, twenty seven like... surgeries on his face, and then oh my God. his parents who homeschool him introduce him into fifth school. Julie Robertson and Owen Wilson, and it is a marvel. Everybody should see it. But the use they use Chewbacca is like Choo Chewie's like, hey, if people look at me, they can look at you, and he's like, so it's like you know <sighs> the Star Wars franchise allowed these characters in this film, which or a special part of this kid's life and getting through, like, being, like, ostracized. And, yeah, she's, something about these Bigfoots yeah. or Chewbacca's, they're special. And, it, I mean, clearly, like, <laughs> <laughs> we can't get through one episode without mentioning Bigfoot Sorry. or Chewbacca or Star Wars at this she point. Did it. Yeah. I know I love it. It just well, happened. Listen, thank you so much for sharing that, Kristen. This is a great moment to yeah. take a pause. And when we come back, we're going to have our High Strangeness Story of the Week. Hey, guys, Bryce Johnson here. Each week, we post exclusive photos with our guests and great visual aids on Instagram at Bigfoot Collectors Club and on Facebook and Twitter at Bigfoot underscore C Club. Check them out. You don't want to miss them. Thanks for listening. We're back. And it's time for High Strangeness. <laughs> now, okay, so... Uh, speaking of opening your mind to new things, sort of, I mean, we didn't really say that, but I'm thinking, you know, maybe you, the listener, are hearing these stories and opening your mind. Uh, I recently read a book that I have in front of me called Monsters Among Us by Linda S. Godfrey. Now, I'm obviously very open to ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot myself. One thing I always brushed off were stories of dogmen, mm -hmm. and uh, because they just sound ridiculous, uh, like they're sort of Kristen's in the, laughing, the right, werewolf, yeah. yeah. It's the, that is the um, reaction you get, and and I've always brushed it off. I don't believe in classical werewolves, yeah. the, like we've discussed, the universal monsters type stuff. I don't believe in vampires. Mm. Uh, I don't believe in zombies. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm open to some of these other supernatural things. Now, I picked up this book because um, on the book jacket, they talk about uh, portals and gateways to other dimensions, and that's something that comes up a lot here, that some of these creatures, such as Bigfoot or some of these UFOs, might be crossing over from an interdimensional uh, highway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I went, okay, cool, this book is right up my alley, I'm going to read it. And while there's some really wild stuff in it, I found myself kind of opening my mind to the existence of dogmen, which is... You've got added one more to your collection. Very surprising. Now, I'm very skeptical on this, but... So Linda S. Godfrey, she was, and we'll get into this, but she was a reporter for a, a small newspaper in Wisconsin, and she started as a skeptic herself. And one of the first stories that she covered that led her down this rabbit hole or dog path, whatever you want to call it, was... <laughs> This story of the Beast of Bray Road. Mm. So it's a cryptid, and the, the type of cryptid it is, like I said, is a dog man, also referred to sometimes as a werewolf, a bear wolf, a wendigo, and sometimes good old Sasquatch. Mm -hmm. Some people think that these sightings of these hairy 
creatures are actually misidentified Bigfoot. Well, and possible shapeshifters too, right? Well, I that's mean, part of it too. That, yeah. And the Wendigo goes in with that right. as well. So uh, the Beast of Bray Road was a tall bipedal creature standing upright with humanoid hands, shoulders, torso, and arms, but with canine head and legs and ears. And it has been seen running on all fours at the same time as well. So it can walk on two legs or run mm-hmm. on all four. Um, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. and where this 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 creature was spotted was around Elkhorn and Delahaven, Wisconsin, usually along Bray Road during the late eighties and and mid nineteen nineties. Um, so the earliest sightings of the what was possibly the beast of Bray Road or a uh, the type of dogman dogman that he was supposedly was in nineteen thirty six. Uh, Max Shackleman was driving along Highway eighteen in Jefferson County, Wisconsin, about forty miles north of Elkhorn, when he saw a figure that appeared to be digging on top of an ancient Indian burial mound, of mm. which there were many in the area. There we go. Perhaps thinking the figure might be attempting to rob the burial site, Shackleman stopped. Got Got out of the car to inspect, and when he got closer, he saw that the figure was actually a tall creature with wolf-like features mixed with those of an ape. It had twisted thumbs and three clawed fingers on each hand. The creature also smelled terrible, like rotting meat. And uh, that's a that's a trait of a Sasquatch. Yeah, you stenchy all, smell. They say that Sasquatch can give off a sweet, stinky smell or sometimes a really horrible smell as a way to get people to, to go away. Afraid for his life, Shackleman got back in the car and drove away, but his curiosity got the best of him. And on the following night, he returned to the same mound, and there the creature was again. And uh, he says that the creature uttered a sound that sounded like Gadara. Right. Right? And he freaked out and ran away again, and the creature was never seen again. Or was it? Uh, In 1966... Dennis Fulis uh, was driving home from work around midnight on Highway 89 in Harvard, Illinois. So near Wisconsin, but this is I'm just setting up some of these accounts in the past. When he witnessed a strange seven-foot bipedal creature run across the road and leap a fence into a cornfield, like just like, like Jedi style. Now, according to Fulis, the monster had dark brown matted hair. And he, he couldn't quite identify it. He just said that was no man. It was hairy from, from head to feet. And he went looking for tracks, couldn't find any prints, but he saw where the corn had been crushed, where whatever had leapt over the road had left an impact mm. in the cornfield. <clears throat> so we jump ahead to the 1990s. And uh, over the next few decades, accounts of werewolf-like monsters are seen in and around Elkhorn and Delavan, Wisconsin. They were kept rare, or they were rare or kept secret until one woman, 18-year-old Doris Gibson, shared her encounter publicly. And this happened on October 31st, 1999. And what she experienced... The com- after the word got around, the community and the, uh, started sharing all their stories that had been happening for the past 10 years. So Doris was driving home down Bray Road during a misty and rainy Halloween night. Now, Bray Road's a country road. It's near farmland. It's actually named after the Bray family who are dairy farmers in that area, some of which those descendants are part of this story. Hmm. 
Um, as she approached Hospital Road, Doris heard a thud and her right tire lifted off the ground. Assuming she had run over a possum or a raccoon, Doris got out of her vehicle to inspect the damage. And as she stepped out into the night, Doris saw a large, hairy creature running at her. She immediately got back in the car, started the engine, and as she pulled away, the cryptid jumped onto her trunk. And thankfully, because it had been raining, the monster slipped on the wet exterior and Doris managed to escape. If you just stop there, that's like probably one of the greatest action sequences you love in a good horror movie. You're like chasing an old grant, running at an old granny. Get in your car, granny. Start the car. Totally. Ah, totally. She she had described the creature as having uh, a a pointed snout like a dog's. And looked more like a, a wolf creature yeah. than like a man. And that seems to be the distinguishing characteristic that uh, that that separates this from the Bigfoot sightings is mostly all the Sasquatch sightings have that flat ape-like face, whereas the Dogman has this extended snout. Almost what, right, universally, wolf-like. they describe the heads looking like German shepherds. Yeah. Okay. They have the tall, pointy ears. They don't have like floppy dog ears. Right. They said that, the, and and they always have. Like muscular shoulders and shoulders like humans, like dogs, you know, their shoulders are flushed. Mm-hmm. They don't really have shoulders. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. if they stand up and beg, they they have the little like you hands know, down is this. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, right. Yeah. The hands down thing. Um and a lot of times the legs are described that on um, these creatures or this creature that the knees look like they're bent backwards. Mm-hmm. But if you look at a dog, uh, their knee is actually higher up yeah, at the right. end of their haunch. Right. And what looks like the backward, bent backward um, knee, it's their ankle. Yes. It's really, and then, and That's they're really up. walking on the tips of their pads. So that whole back skinny part is really what their foot is. And that high cocked part is, is the ankle. So they've described a lot of these creatures as having that, but with a torso like a man and a head of a, of a German shepherd or yeah. a wolf creature. So. Uh, might be my perfect man. I mean, <laughs> listen, I love I'm dogs. a dog lover too. <laughs> dog Larry. man. So I later vote. that night, this is how brave kids are. Yeah. She's 18. Doris returned to the area with a teenage friend she was trick-or-treating with and claimed to have seen the hairy form alongside of the road again. Oh, Doris was 18. She's 18. Oh, I see. Okay. So, I know the name Doris. I yeah, I know. It's Doris Dean Gibson. What the mind does. Yeah. Well, it's a small Wisconsin town. They right. probably have old-fashioned family names. I bet some of them have some weird-ass antique furniture, too. <laughs> um, word of the creature along Bray Road got around town, and more witnesses came forward with similar accounts taking place previously over the course of the past decade. Uh, I believe Doris's mother contacted Linda S. Godfrey, a reporter and cartoonist from a Wisconsin paper called The Week, Um and Godfrey decided, because it was a slow news week, she was like, all right, screw it. I'll go cover this story. There's right. like a werewolf in Wisconsin. This is ridiculous. Um, or she thought maybe it's just some misunderstood animal sighting. Um, but what she was told by locals captured her imagination and transformed her from being a skeptic to a lifelong devotee to unwrapping, unwrapping the phenomena of, this, of mysterious dogmen wow. that hunt that haunt America's heartland. It was Linda who coined the phrase, the beast of Bray road for the first story that she wrote. Now what follows are some of the, uh, just dozens of eyewitness accounts revolving around the creature, uh, uh along Bray road during the nineties. So we go back to 1989. One of the earliest sightings that Linda uncovered was Scott Bray. One of the dairy farmers from Elkhorn had seen a strange dog, like creature, much bigger than a German shepherd roaming his pasture near Bray road in October. It, 
It had pointy ears, large muscular chest and shoulders, more man-like than dog, and was much, uh, like I said, much larger than German Shepherd. He tracked the creature um, across his property to a large pile of rocks, but it vanished, it disappeared, and he couldn't find it. He did find tracks, uh, but they were in the grass, and so there was nothing to take a casting of. They, They were swallowed up in the grass. Now... This reminds me, Bryce, of stuff that was happening on Skinwalker Ranch. For sure. With the giant wolf-like creatures. This is one of the first stories that we covered. And there you will see, like Skinwalker, there are some other weird phenomenon that's happening in Wisconsin around this time. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, not to connect the puzzle pieces too much, but it, it, something there seems to be with this these dog men side. And I, I'd like to, I think they're different than the old wolf lore. This isn't like a man who turns into a wolf at the full moon and who can be stopped with silver bullets. This yeah, is there's nothing none like of that. that. This is shamanistic. This is Native American in its in its heritage. And, you know, these are old, um, not to, these, this is, I'm just, you know, thinking what I'm thinking here, but like, you know, these, these, these lone shamans of the tribe, they go out and sometimes they'll go out as the lone wolf and they'll, and they'll experience the life of the wolf to gather knowledge or to gather foresight. And, you know, these old shamans of these Native American tribes, they are breaching this underworld or this other world. And they are, you know, sometimes they get lost. Sometimes they don't make it back or, you know. Who knows? But but when you when you start telling me that there's the there's this wolf like creature hanging over a Native American burial tr- burial ground, and it's like going, yeah, this starts to sound familiar. This mm-hmm. isn't this isn't uh, you know the old um, Universal Monsters lot tour. This is something right. very different. Mm-hmm. And, this isn't uh, full moon activity. No. Uh-uh. So around the same period, Russell Guest of Elkhorn saw a beast almost described exactly like the one witnessed by Scott Bray, emerged from a thicket on its hind legs. Mm. Guest estimated that the creature stood about five feet tall before dropping on all fours. Guest, terrified, ran away, but the beast did not pursue him. Wow. So our next witness, Lori Andritzi, I didn't... Didn't practice saying that. A bar manager was driving home one night in the autumn of 1989 and maybe got the best look at the creature on record. Oh, wow. She slowed down when she saw something hunched alongside of the road and stared for 45 seconds at the beast from from about six feet away. Oh. She said the monster had a long snout, fangs, and its eyes glowed yellow despite not being directly in the beams of the headlights. It was eating food, holding its catch in its hands, palm, palms facing up, and its arms jointed like a human being's, wow. not a dog. So it was <clears throat> sitting crouched over eating, eating some roadkill or a catch. In March 1990, dairy farmer Mike Etten saw the creature eating with its hands in the very same way, cradling its prey alongside of the road. Again, it was large with matted black fur and a thick neck and a snout that was just shorter than, the, than a dog's. At the time... Again, this is before all these stories were coming out. He thought maybe it was a bear, the closest description of the creature he could come up with, but reconsidered his conclusion after the stories of the bee sightings came out and started getting popular in 1999. So now we go to December of 1990. Heather Bowie, age 11, and a schoolmate of Doris Epson's. She didn't share the story until Doris, who, when she was 18, started sharing her account that wow. happened in 1999. <clears throat> and Heather was like, well, when I was 11, I had this happen it's to like me. It's like jailhouse confessions. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I did that crime. Well, but again, it's because, like, people, there's a stigma and people, yeah. Yeah. Like, some, sometimes, like you said, like, kids don't really think about it or they just, they have a different imagination. Yeah. yeah. Um, And it seems that 
a lot of times this creature, it, it appears on all fours. So sometimes people think it's just a big dog. Right. And Heather Bowie was walking home from sledding with some friends less than a mile away from Bray Road where uh, when the kids spotted a very large, what they thought, dog nearby. I think it was like down near a creek. And thinking it was a lost pet, they started to call the dog and then they saw the dog stand up on its hind <laughs> legs, turn, take four steps towards them, and then drop on all fours, and it started charging. <laughs> and they were right by Heather Bowie's house, so they ran <clears throat> inside. And as they got halfway to the house, they looked back, and they saw the beast just veer right and go into a cornfield. God. Um, in 1992, Scott Bray, he was a dairy farmer who saw the beast in 1989. Sorry, I just imagined myself like like crapping my pants and not making it back to the house. No like, shit. Gah! This is like yeah. what your little boy... No, he would have a heart attack. We're this, older. This is like what your son is practicing right, for every time right. he runs down the hallway. Right, get out. Right. Um, so Scott Bray's wife, Tammy Bray, spotted the creature along Highway H near the Bray Road and Hospital Road intersection. It crossed the road while she was in the car and turned to look at her. She described it as having, again, broad chest, strong shoulders, pointy snout, long pointy ears. Its eyes glowed yellow, and it did not break pace as she slammed on the brakes to avoid crashing into it. And she went home, and she said to her husband, I just saw that thing that was on our property right. three or four years ago. Um, and just earlier... In that year, in 1992, when uh, Linda Godfrey came back later in 99 was doing all this research. In 92, there was also uh, reports from a farmer in that area of seeing strange, weird lights in the sky. Mm-hmm. Animal mutilations were happening and that some of the local law enforcement humane officers at the time chalked up to perhaps some satanic rituals happening in the area. Uh, some people think that it was maybe kill that the um, that the creature had made, um, and there were even horses. They they had found horses with their throats slit with like surgical precision. So there's weird again skinwalker ranchy type stuff happening yeah. in Wisconsin. Well, I'm, I'm this curious time. about those details because usually when you hear those animal mutilation cases, they're they're far out extraordinary. And what I mean by that is like. You know, usually they're done in the middle of the night with laser-like precision-type tools. Uh, various organs are taken out, like a tongue or like a liver, and there's usually no blood. Completely exanguated. Yeah, I mean, just the oddities of the, the coroner's reports on these animals are just baffling and befuddlement. And and I'm not talking about, like, two or three cows a year. This is, like, in the realm of, like, thousands of cows a year wow. this happens to, especially certain ranches, uh you know, but yeah, so it's like, yeah, yeah. you don't want to like, you, when you, when there's things like mutilations, you're like, well, wondering is it, well, is it sloppy or is like, is it when you see lights, you're like, oh, cause now these things are starting to like, oh, orbs, lights, UFOs, cattle mutilations, dogmen running around. Now it's all getting thrown together. I know. Like, what the fuck? Well, that's <laughs> the thing. Right. So, so, okay. So although the sightings faded not long after Doris had witnessed her, uh, had her encounter on Halloween of 1999. Um, Linda Godfrey continued to research the Beast of Bray Road and similar sightings of dogmen across America. And although she's yet to define or discover the creature, she believes that she believes the witnesses believe what they saw. And that's kind of what she always comes down to. And where I tend to stand on this stuff, she's like, I believe that they are describing exactly what they saw. Now, I don't know what it is, but she throws out 
based on her research, and I am paraphrasing her very, very uh, liberally, but um, there are some trends that she's uncovered in her research about dogmen mm-hmm. or creatures like the Beasts of Bray Road. Now, there are, tend to be three camps. People think that they are either, A, a type of flesh and blood biological entity, perhaps misidentified Sasquatch or a bear or something, and cryptid or cryptozoologists who believe that there's some kind of hidden animal. They don't, they don't want to believe in the dogmen because it's too much, it's too ridiculous. Right. It's too close to werewolf. They can go, they can make the leap to Sasquatch or Yeti, but they can't go to dogman, right? <laughs> it's, am- it's amazing. <laughs> all the too ca- far. It's right. amazing yeah. all the camps <laughs> in the paranormal field. Oh, God. Like, oh, man, Bigfoot didn't come from a UFO. Get out of here. Like, like- <laughs> yep. And then there's a second camp where they think that this dogman creature is some side of mystical being. It would fall under your shamanistic thing, um, like a werewolf or a magical creature, mm. and that's very fringe cryptozoology. Sure. Um, and then there is the interdimensional camp, that this is a perhaps a flesh-and-blood creature or a type of spirit creature that comes from a different—slips into our reality through a portal. Right. Um, and— uh, the, the really cool thing, or cool, I mean, it's cool, uh, is that a lot of times in these cases, dogmen give off the feeling of evil and in some cases communicate with people telepathically. Again, you remember that first story of the guy hearing that word, yeah. that word uttered towards him that he couldn't make sense right. of. Some creatures have appeared in as shadows. And shadow creatures in people's homes or on their land. Sightings often take place near bodies of water, such as rivers or streams, and often around the time of solar flares, mm. which is interesting. So wild. Strange lights are typically reported in conjunction with dogman sightings, and sometimes Sasquatch are also reported in the same areas, uh, like Skinwalker Ranch had wolves, wolf creatures, and, and Sasquatch. Yeah. And uh, some witnesses think that the dogmen could be enemies of the beloved race of Bigfoot creatures. Oh, I've never heard that. Oh, that's yeah. a great one. So uh, for further reading, I would uh, check out uh, Linda Godfrey's books. She's got The Beast of Bray Road that's and wild. Monsters Among Us. And she's written several on the subject. And she's, she's a very easy reader. Uh, I really like her tone, and I like her well, because approach. Because she started out she's, as a skeptic. Yeah, and you she's know? very sensible. She was also a cartoonist, so she's done like some drawings of... Like sketches of eyewitness of what she thinks the Beast of Bray Road yeah, looks those like. Are the famous ones, and that's yeah. her there. And this is just a you know like oh, cool. a little moody drawing of a Beast of Bray Road. So yeah, so that's the Beast of Bray Road. Wow, who knew? Who knew I'd ever get into Dogman? I know, uh, Kristen. <laughs> we found a new love wow. interest for you. Okay, uh, so I don't know. At the end, you lost me yeah, with the evil part. I well, know. when we come back, we're gonna ask Kristen what the hell was that? What the hell was that? Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> and we're back we're Bigfoot back. Collectors Club but before we get to Kristen's theories we have to I mean I totally f- farted brain <laughs> brain Brain fart? Yeah, brain fart. I can't even brain fart of the term <laughs> brain fart. I was trying to say like brain urally. Uh, because we actually have a Bray here in the studio. Riley Bray, our producer. This yeah. is true, yeah. And you think you're related to the Bray Road family? Probably, likely. Yeah, uh, the Brays came over like Mayflower days into America and settled on the East Coast and made their way west. And they're scattered throughout the Midwest wow. as well. So 
Yeah, it's pretty likely that I'm at least distantly related Dude, to these. We got to the get you a Bray Road street sign to hang up in the clubhouse. Oh yeah. Hey, uh, just throwing that out there. That's wild. If anybody out there uh, can, uh, you know, grab Secure. that street sign, <laughs> send it on over. We'll send you some extra yeah. special content. That's yeah. right. <laughs> hey, Kristen, what the hell was that? All right, so here's what it was. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I like it. Right, I like that. Right. <laughs> well, it is kind of funny because that's my old stomping ground, and I grew up on. Farms. Wait a minute. Are you a wolf creature? I might be part wolf creature. I thought I was part reptile, but I'm, maybe there's some more. I'm a little little hairy you in can places. Be both. But yeah. I would just caution you because we will have some listeners that oh, are going to now think that you just revealed the fact that you are a reptilian. <laughs> a shape shifting oh, reptilian. Yeah, I should. I mean, my husband is a super, super, super extreme version of everything that you talk about because for him, it is. A hundred and ten percent real. Oh, oh, wow. okay. Right, all of it. Does he know that he married a reptilian? Um, well, you know, he's talked a lot about the reptile people, and at a certain point, I was like, "When I exfoliate, it's pretty productive," <laughs> so, and I think you should know, you know. And oh I'm, my god! My, and he, I'm very cold. Listeners, is your she's husband not a- denying it. <laughs> is he into all this, this stuff? Is- or oh my god! I mean, he wow. makes you guys look completely conservative and boring. Oh, that's wild. Oh, that's so great. And there's nothing he doesn't know about. And he has an unbelievable haunting ghost story oh it's, it's one of the best i've I ever hope heard you're listening because we might need to get you on this well show. to put up with guys like us on your extra oh. spare time thank you so much yeah oh, <laughs> yeah and he considers me so i think that you know i i fit right in with you guys at this level but he thinks of me as some sort of utterly boring square denier because he's so far wow. Yeah, wow. like right. he, um, he lives in this alternate. I universe. just yeah. want to put this out there casually <laughs> that you might have married a crazy person. <laughs> I, I have actually that's a light touch of insanity. <laughs> the thought has crossed my mind. Uh, man. Well, um, he's got to be doing something right to marry a lovely lady like mm-hmm. you. Amen. So you're from Wisconsin. And I grew up in these places. And, um, you know, not far from Elkhorn and Do you spent... know where Delavan is? I don't. There? Okay. I don't. It's near Elkhorn, I guess. Well, and we had a, a farm, two farms, one in near Milwaukee and then one in Shawano. And so this is just, I spent my whole life in cornfields and blah, blah. But I was thinking, um, <laughs> yeah, I wish I had seen this thing. But um, I, I, for a time was going through this really crazy lawsuit and I had to dig through random files. I mean, boxes and boxes of paper to see what I could find and to try to use my mind to assess my defense. And I actually studied how to analyze data. It was very interesting. And the the one of the things that I still use from it was that there will be five things that will really screw you up in trying to analyze data because mm. the mind is limited. I love this. Me too. Right. And one of and the also, things. I'm curious, what crime did you commit? I know. I know someone else committed a crime and and uh, against me, and I was trying to make that not happen again. And so I, um, one of the th- I'm. Not sure I can remember all five, but one of them, a couple that really stuck were that you can't see missing 
information. Mm. So whenever we're looking at all of this, we're trying to fit it into some sort of paradigm that we are aware of. We don't have Dogman's side of the story. We don't. Are there portals? We're, we're trying to... So I, I, since that lawsuit, I will go, I'm much better when I'm researching something at just taking the information as it is and not immediately trying to fit it into something that I can make sense of. That's, that's what the that. mind does. Yes. And the mind is useful for certain things and then it's very limited <laughs> at a certain point. I'm so guilty of that, I think, sometimes. Right? Like when the mind tries to conceive of infinity, mm-hmm. it's... Yeah. So so I have to know what the limits of the mind are. And then, you know, altered importance when people tell stories and they will change also the time sequence. So there are a bunch of things that I learned. So I'm listening to the story, just kind of, yep, letting it all in. Sure. Why not? Mm-hmm. Why can't that be? Um, a creature that exists and I don't know where it comes from. I don't know where it goes. You know, my mom, where she lives now on this big farm, there's a cougar over on the four mile and she's dying to see it. Right. And you would think in, you know, all the neighbors share reports of where it is. And you would think that this would be an easy thing to see and hear about. Years (laughs) will go by before someone will go. I saw it again. So we're like, Oh, it's alive. It's not actually that easy when you're from these places to keep track of something that we know a wild animal and nobody is against right right so so i can understand because animals are very good at not wanting to be detected if oh they yeah want to. Do you especially your, predators i mean my cat got out of the yard yeah but this right, is where you get into some trouble it. is like is like you know you have these sightings spread out from like 33 to like 90 so when you start to talk about a 60 70 year old cat or a dog. And it's like, if it's the same creature. I know. Right. I, and, and well, and this is what you get into, like, you know, the scientists have problems with, like, well, they would have to, like, maintain a population. And if they did that, well, then the, the, the surrounding area wouldn't provide enough sustenance for that. And, you know, and, and so you get into, like, the flesh and blood category. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what I offer is, you, you were saying, here, here's the three different camps. And in my head, I was going, why can't a little bit of all those be true? Well, well that's, that's the other thing. That's why Linda Godfrey's approach. Some, why She's can't this a little be, from yeah. column A, a little from column and B. A column we don't know. Sure, because yes. you know the missing data. Right, people are seeing this eat flesh and blood small creatures. That's the physical flesh and blood world. They're also seeing it disappear. That's the portal world popping in and out of existence, and they're seeing it do some ritualistic things. That's the shamanistic world. It's so like, the first story that she tells in Monsters Among Us. This is what got me hooked. This yeah. is why I was like, okay, I'm into this book. Um, she talks about again in Wisconsin, uh, going out to meet a cattle rancher who had had some mutilations and had had some um, reports, like seen some some stuff on his, weird stuff on his uh, ranch, lights, and I, I believe, and some lights in the sky and stuff. And he called her in because she's made a name for herself. I love it. She's like the molder of dogmen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, there's this great photo here. Now, this rancher found in the snow... Uh, tracks, big uh, wolf tracks, like animal dog mm-hmm. tracks mm-hmm. that are <clears throat> bipedal. They're walking. There's not four. There's only two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the crazy thing about it, and this is where she opens the story, totally in line with what you're saying, the flesh and blood. This is what makes these cases so perplexing. And this is exactly what you're talking about, Kristen, which is one of the reasons he called her out was these tracks started in the middle of a field right, and went off into the woods. So whatever this thing was... Popped up. Dropped into the middle of the field. Sure. There, 
and then walked out into the, walked into the tree line. That makes more and sense to me said, than some like dog creature like living and hiding for like and, seventy and, and, years. And, and she turned to him and she <laughs> said, she kind of read the guy. You know, she looked at him and she's like. Let me ask you something. Have you ever heard about portals? <laughs> and right. the guy was like, she's like, do you think it's possible that this thing kind of dropped out of nowhere? Maybe a doorway? And the rancher was like, honestly, so much weird shit's been going on here. I'm not, I won't even laugh at that. Right. I, that sounds to me, based on the physical evidence we have, yeah. these tracks starting in the middle of a field in snow yeah. and going off into what? the tree line. That this thing, it's like a drop down, and it boop, 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 well, and I ran feel- out into the woods to go hunting. I mean, what if it is? We've brought up Predator, the Predator on here before. What if these things come into our dimension to hunt? Yeah. And then they slip back out. Sure. What They're if like little like feeding or breeding grounds. an alien walking the dog? Maybe it's an alien walking the yeah. dog. This is this again unknown. Who knows? The unknown. The unknown. What is it? The unknown known yeah. or the yeah the known unknown? Like well, absolutely. You know, and and he, and I would be. Uh, I also want to point out here's a lot of the squatchers have a problem with dogmen because the lineage of Sasquatch is some missing flesh and blood hominid that we just couldn't capture, but it's still out there. It's a missing link from the the chimpanzee orangutan to the walking erectus man, and that's Bigfoot. He's a little bit of missing like link. Like a descendant but, of the But he's not popping in and out of portals, and he's part of the ape family. And but this is, fruit. again, like the human mind. Right, yes. and, so, and, and that's why they're going, but there's no dog that turned into dog man. So they're like going, we can't make sense of that because right. I can make sense of the, the Bigfoot thing because... It's well, a simian. Well, because it's Darwin's mm. theory of evolution, and we evolved from apes, and that we we missed that our scientists missed that one and he's still out there but and then here we are and I'm going okay if, if you believe that that's great but then they're going uh well but and then the dog world there was no dog on all fours that evolved into a walking dog that's still I know I love the, the certainty and it's like yeah, yeah it's like they close themselves off right all the time and that's what we were talking about this these subdivisions of the parallel paranormal world they think they've got it and they're locking themselves off to actually so much more of information of what's right. happening. You know, you heard Michael mention this Skinwalker Ranch. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the story, but... A little bit. The story starts off with this rancher when they get to this, I would say, unusual territory. And they're greeted by a wolf, a huge wolf that comes out of the woods and walks right up to the Gorman family. Like a dire wolf-sized wolf. Like a prehistoric-type style wolf that comes up to the family so much that they put hands on the wolf pet the wolf they pet the wolf and then the wolf sees one of their young cattle and it goes after them uh one one of their uh young calves no whoa and they're startled and, it and then they try and like them. they try and get it off they the the owner shoots it with a gun to no avail a couple times so this is like now you're running into territories of flesh and blood we've petted the creature mm-hmm. now we've shot the creature with our bullets we mm-hmm. see nothing happening and now worlds are intercrossing this is this mm-hmm. is <laughs> you know what i mean and they uh Godfrey covers Skinwalker Ranch, and one of the things that we didn't talk about that I didn't even know about is that that um, what's his name uh, starts with the G, the Tom Gim, not Gim- Gorm- Gorman, Gorman, yeah. yeah. He also would see uh, orange portals open up in the well, night yeah. sky, yeah. And he said he would watch these portals open up. One of my and favorite they'd be an parts orange of the books. ring, That's and right. then on the others through the other side of the portal, he'd see blue skies, yeah. And then ships lights would come out of the fucking portals and then go off under the horizon. One around of my his, favorite parts of land. George George Knapp's book on Skinwalker and 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 and. Uh, but yeah, because it, this it's this one location that starts to. 
put all this stuff together, like okay. Bigfoot's popping out of portals, orbs, there's uh, a, spaceships, and like like a I, like, shape shifting creature known as the Skinwalker, run, run Shadow Man, walking around that they think is like <laughs> these a, people still live there. No, they yeah. let, no okay, they got right. out of there okay. and actually it's owned um, by an aerospace uh, a privateer now named Bob a guy Bigelow, who uh-huh. was funding uh, UFO research for the Pentagon that we just found out in December. Oh. He bought the ranch and has been basically studying it and we don't we're not privy to all the information but this this like big time wow. rich aerospace guy who has a lot of money and a lot of time on his hands is, had bought this ranch to study the weird phenomenon that's going on there so interesting they had poltergeist activity they had they had every single type of weird phenomenon it was happening at skinwalker ranch yeah. where is it what it's in utah, is it? utah? utah? Yeah. Okay. and the family got the hell out of there after like six years they were like we can't fucking do this but, anymore but the wolf was the common denominator there mm-hmm. it was it was the uh kind of the um the token presence spirituality right. there whatever it was it seems to take that shape of like uh well, nobody know because they call it the Skinwalker. It would shape shift, but they all saw that wolf in and around the property, and that was always sort of a common theme. Yeah. So, There's uh, so, so what much do you, more so what do you that think? We it, don't do you know. think it's a, yeah. if you had to pick, what so, do you think it would be? Well, I always picture the iceberg, you know, there's this little yeah. bit that we know, and then there's this other massive thing, and, and it frustrates my husband because he would say, I know what that is, the portal. Let me tell you about the portal. And I'm like, who knows? There's so yeah. much more that we don't know than what we do know, and I enjoy that space. But um, since the accounts are so consistent, I now just have in my head that there is this, we'll call it dog man, that um, sometimes appears around where I grew up. Okay. Yeah. 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 Why not? Like, uh, like, why not leave that there? Because I can always change my mind with new information. Well, what you're doing is I love you're, that. Gi- you're giving credit Give to the, the basic witnesses definition. Who, yeah. And you're just giving credit to the witnesses who are reporting right. these things. You're just I know going, that that's I what, believe right. you, 20 witnesses. Right. And I can picture. <laughs> what is it? We don't fucking <laughs> right. know yet. Well, yeah. and I'm picturing my uncle, my aunt. So I'm, I'm putting on top of these people I've oh. never met that these are very honest simple wisconsin yeah and it should be said that all the people in the bray road story they're farmers they're a a a woman who's a bar manager there are school bus drivers there these are small town i know these people they're small town people that also (laughs) these are my know their land like they know the land they know the animals that are on their land they know the sky it's big sky country they know what's they they like they Mm -hmm. know their world and this stuck out we've done the math on this stuff too for every person who reports something like this something odd or paranormal there's about four or five who don't right when you see the case numbers you can just multiply that right, right away by three. And totally, feel pretty comfortable. Because I mean, it, it's very, very, very hard. I also take my hat off to the people that will say something that they saw this, especially these Wisconsin type of people that are not trying to get more followers. You know, right? Yeah, no. Right. Well, I mean, I've sh- I, we've shared stuff. I've shared a story about a weird thing that I saw, and I, I still, even though we're what fourteen, fifteen episodes into this podcast. There's usually once a day I will go. God, should I have said that publicly? I know. <laughs> I, you know what I mean. Like I, do I was know like, what you mean. people might fucking think I'm really nuts. Yeah. I know. And like, is it embarrassing that I basically saw an alien gray outside my window and I share that story? But like, I have to because I like these stories. I mm-hmm. can def- I can tell you what my eyes saw, and I can tell you what I sensed, but mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. I'm not saying it was an alien. Well, it doesn't break. Say- it doesn't break character for yourself. You have a history history of uh, 
of relevance and well, recognition. Well, you keep bringing you this say. up, and now that I think about it, I'm like, yeah, I have a lot of like weird <laughs> <do>. stuff. <laughs> Mike keeps bringing up amazing stories. I'm like, I didn't know that. And well, like, it's weird because I never made. It's kind of like. You're right. you uh, and I know we're running shit. long, but I'm, it's when I first I first started run, uh, uh, therapy because years ago because I was having and I know that these were um, stress induced late night hallucinations. Mm-hmm. I would wake up from a nightmare or a night terror, and I would see a figure standing. F- with just for split second yeah. it was like my dream was bleeding into reality mm-hmm. and i yeah. would see a weird figure mm-hmm. and um and this was just for the record very different from the thing that i experienced that my dog saw first yeah totally. that's what alerted me yep. so i know i actually kind of know how to judge these two different things but my point was so when i started therapy i was like i'm seeing shit and my therapist was like, yeah, this is all anxiety driven. You're stressed out. And, and and we would talk about when that was happening. I was like, oh, yeah, I was overworked. I wasn't getting enough sleep. And if that happened, then and I would this is how my man, my anxiety would manifest itself. But my point is that I thought, gosh, this just started. That's so weird. And then during therapy, I would go. Oh, well, there was this one time I remember when I was a kid, I woke up and I thought I saw E.T. standing over my bed and he vanished immediately. Oh, and then there was this time in high school when I was I would wake up screaming <laughs> right. because I was so overworked. And I go, oh, this has been actually happening my whole life. This is how anxiety is always played. Wow. This is a separate track from the other stuff that I'm talking about. Yeah. But... You start to go when I'm doing that. I'm like, oh, right. I'm connecting all the little dots and going, oh, shit, fuck, Bryce, you're right. I have had more paranormal experiences than I give myself credit for. Oh, right, therapist. I have had sort of these nightmares my whole life, and they just kind of pop up during very different times of stress. Yeah. The good news is since uh, I've started therapy, those anxiety, the hallucinations and stuff – Without medication, totally gone away. If I go to talk therapy and just talk about whatever's stressing me out, that doesn't happen. Paranormal stuff's still happening. Right. Paranormal stuff's still happening. They can live side by side next to each other. Wow. Without being all connected. All right. Well, we got to wrap this up. We're going to come back real quick for a collector's corner. Yep. And uh, I think Bryce has something for us this week. I do. Right after this. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Bryce Johnson from Bigfoot Collectors Club. Listen, if you have a paranormal story, we want to hear it. Write to BigfootCollectorsClub at gmail.com with your paranormal encounter, and we just might read it on a future episode. And we're back. Collector's Corner. Collector's Corner. Uh, Kristen, we like to ask our guests, since this is the Bigfoot Collector's Club and we collect more than just weird stories, have you ever collected anything? Mm-hmm. So a couple things. One, when my grandmother passed away, my dad's father, she had these little homes in Wisconsin that she would, she was a picker, you know, flea market stuff. And she would literally fill the house floor to ceiling and there would be just a little path and she'd have to buy another little house. And she was very poor and she'd fill that house. And so when she died, oh my God. Wow. And one thing that I got, I was eight or younger, was folders, the big folders coffee cans full of pennies, like 15 of them. Whoa. And I just, someone told me there might be one in there that's worth like $10. 
And so I went through with the magnifying glass and I had, (laughs) and I had little tiny paper cups with a little year written on each one. And I'd sit there and fill those. That is the cutest thing I've ever heard. And then I got the books from the post office that fold out and you try to mash the penny into the hole that's actually You're like a little Charles Schultz character. (laughs) That's amazing. And then Charlie Brown and Linus and Lucy (laughs) came over and we played baseball. Yeah. Good grief Oh, Yeah. And then another that. thing I collected was it was around 95. I had my first series and I went home and we were going through the stuff in the basement. And I was like, oh, my Barbie. My sister was like, actually, that's mine because I'm the youngest. Oh, my <laughs> Lego set. Actually, that's mine. Yeah. Oh, my plastic horse collection. No. And I realized I had nothing. <laughs> it was yeah. all hand me down. Yeah. So we went to Chicago for the day Christmas shopping and I went by FAO Schwartz and I was so emotional <gasps> and so upset. I went in and bought like 20 of the Bob Mackie Barbies. Yeah, like, you did. Good for you. And I ended up collecting Barbies. Yeah, girl. Until you, And I had them all over. I built shelves in the bedroom. I took them out of the fucking box yeah, and I yes. put them up. And they're collecting dust and whatever. They're losing value. No, who cares? I didn't, and actually, probably not as much as you think. Well, not as much as I think because at a certain point, I was like, oh, my God. You know, if I ever get a boyfriend again, this is weird. So <laughs> I um, started uh, selling. Don't look at my closet. <laughs> <laughs> like, remember the scene from 40-Year-Old Virgin? You posted Virgin an Instagram of your bookshelf. Where yeah. she goes, he goes, yeah, she's going to come over and pick me up. And they're like. Oh my God. <laughs> I have a closet in my office that looks like that house from four year old virgins all Star Wars shit. I think that's cooler. I don't know. Maybe Barbie's no, was Barbie. Fun. Um have you guys watched Quick Plug for something we have nothing to do with and not a sponsor, but the Netflix series The Toys That Made Us. Yes, it was amazing. Is fantastic. Oh yeah. And it's it's uh they're coming out with new episodes later this year but they have they put up the first four episodes of documentaries the story behind the star wars kenner line the the kenner star wars line uh mattel he-man and the masters of the universe gi joe and then barbie and the barbie you should watch it's on netflix the barbie story is fucking insane it's like a Mad Men. it's like an entire Mad Men series in one episode the fucking backstabbing and crazy like design stuff the origin of barbie she was originally a um they the the woman who first brought uh barbie to america or invented barbie for mattel like borrowed this like danish or like dutch like there was like a sexy doll figure that was like a sex parody character. And she looked at that during a time when all girls dolls were little baby dolls. And she went, I'm going to make this a doll for girls. I'm going to take this erotic jokey character. She was erotic. And, and turn her into a doll for girls. And it's just this fascinating fucking story. You know, I have less personal attachment to Barbies than I do He-Man or G.I. Joe. Right. But I recommend anyone who collects stuff and anyone who's into toys and action figures... Don't skip that Barbie episode because it's the best one they have. And it's There's called like toys that made the us. The toys that made us. Okay. There's like a whole scene about the guy who like stole the rights to Barbie, like throwing coke like orgies in his Beverly Hill mansion. <laughs> like it's insane. It's such Opera a good toys. It's a such a good uh, like history of the of Barbie. You would never see guess. the data we can't see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no kidding. All right, Bryce. What did you bring for the club today? Oh, so my my brother gave me this, and then my son couldn't help tear it open. <laughs> he collects Bigfoot things too. That's probably my fault. But this is an Archie McPhee Bigfoot action figure. I love that. Yeah. I have one of those. The funny thing about this is here, and I'll take him out of the pack. 
package is they they dedicated his look off the Patterson Gimlin film where that where he's looking back, you know. Yeah. He's got that that's like the look famous back. Pose. But right, it's that's a, the famous but pose. But it's supposed to be a female, not a male. Well, but and Patty look how short girl. he is. Yeah. He's like a, if that was like he looks like a, Yeah, he's a little out of proportion. He's a little out of proportion. <laughs> but, but he uh, bends. But he bends. So he's that's okay. nice. That's um, so great. Uh, so I I very cute. I love him. It. But they spent so much time trying to get that look that you're like, yeah, he, he's called Bigfoot because he's tall. This was like, <laughs> like you know, they missed that whole part of it. But anyway, the whole proportion. I love it. Oh. Yeah. That's so great, Kristen. Thank you so much for being part of the show. This is one Seriously? of our best yeah. episodes. No yet. doubt about so it. So really. fun. That you were was such like a wonderful guest. And warm, and that was just ex- you. You thing. you you deliver it on all the emotional notes, and we appreciate it. Um, where can me. people find you if they want to find you? Are you on Twitter? Are you on Instagram? I think you're. On I'm Instagram, on all of it. I don't do Facebook as much. But I, I'm trying to remember to check in. I'm on Twitter, and I'm on. I love Instagram. If you love kittens, you want to find Great. me. On I Instagram. love those little orange kitties love you have. Oh. Orange tabby cats are oh. my favorite. I just adopted some siblings not long ago. Are they both boys? Yeah. Yeah. Orange tabbies are usually boys, right? Yeah, but I also have a girl. <gasps> really? Yeah. That I adopted siblings a few years ago, and the boy just. Literally dropped out of a heart attack at six. Oh my God, Kristen! No. It was a bad day a year ago. Oh, it was fuck. a really, 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 really bad day. Good boy. And then I mean, we said it's going to be an emotional roller coaster, guys. It really is for I'm me. So and, sorry. and so then we saw a little flyer of those two little guys yeah. and called the lady, and she'd been bottle feeding them, and mm. we brought them home. What are their names? Well, it, they were thing one and thing two forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and now they're Tokoloshi, which is a South African suckling monster, right? Uh-huh. It's not, oh, great. It's a, a cryptid. It's, there you go. It's, Love it. it's a big time. Oh, my husband's South African, so he could tell you the whole story. But this kitten wouldn't stop suckling our faces. Tokoloshi. And so he became Tokoloshi. But apparently Tokoloshi is a really intense monster. It's like a chupacabra. Yes. It's right. the South African. And then the other one is just Sammy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy's the one who witnessed the Tokoloshi. Sammy the soul sucker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sammy the badass tiger. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Bryce, where can people find you? Uh, if I'm on Instagram at, at Mr. Bryce Johnson and then uh, Twitter at uh, Bryce O. Johnson. Riley Bray, where can people find you? Uh, just on Instagram as at Trashbag hashtag. Great. And uh, I'm at McMills, two Zs, on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. You can find at Bigfoot Collectors Club on Facebook. You can find it on Twitter. It's uh, Bigfoot underscore C Club. You know where to find us. Uh, we'd love to have you. Please, uh, if you're listening, you enjoy the show, subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. Give us a rate and review. If you if you like the show, we would really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, until next week, this has been the Bigfoot Collectors Club. I want to thank Riley, our producer. I want to thank Sun Eaters for our music from the song Come Alone, uh, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. And once again, thank our, our guest, Kristen. Yeah, and, awesome. uh Thank you, guys. It was fun. For, uh, guys, you. keep your eyes out uh, and your minds open for dogmen. <laughs> They're so, out there, people. Until next week, man. Peace and <laughs> Next week, Catman. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey guys, it's Michael again, and here is that special message that I promised you at the top of the show. This is from former guest Donalyn Champlin, who uh, she listened to our L Files episode with Kevin Kirkpatrick last week, and um, you may recall Kevin called her out on a few things, and uh, Donalyn wanted to fire back. So, Donalyn. Take it away. Hi, Michael. Hi, everyone out there. It's Donalyn Champlin. How's it going? Um, I recently heard the podcast with your returning guest, Kevin, um, and he had some critiques about my offer to help um, tell him how to cleanse his house. And, um, you know, I... I'm a positive person and, you know, I believe what you put out comes back threefold. And so I just, I'm saying with like all the love and light in my heart, what the fuck, Kevin? You know, first of all, (laughs) to segue from the religious right to me, I mean, I just all like from the top, I needed a silkwood shower. So, um... Here's the thing. Michael texted me and said, I have this friend who needs to clean his house energetically. And of course, I'm like, Michael, any friend of yours is a friend of mine. Give him my phone number. And so you texted me and I just happened to have sent all of the sort of cleansing ritual instructions to another friend of mine who happens to be Catholic. And so I, because I am a working mom, I am a working mom, Kevin, okay? I only have like two minutes to myself every day. So I, for expediency, cut and pasted what I had sent to my other friend who is very religious. You responded that that was weird for you. And then this is the part you left out, man. I responded back. And yes, there was, as you, I'm doing air quotes, radio silence because I am a working mother. God damn it. Okay. I barely have time for my own family. Okay. I don't know you. I don't know you. So yeah, I may have taken 24 hours because I thought, well, shit, this easy thing is not going to be so easy, but He's a friend of Michael's, so I texted you back, and I said, listen, I totally get it. Just replace the things that make you uncomfortable, which as far as I could tell was just the sign of the cross. And I appreciate you guys there, Michael, and everybody backing me up, that the sign of the cross is a universal thing. So it's basically... The easiest way I could explain to you to go to all the doors and windows and do the sign of the cross from corner to corner because that is a bind. That is just, you know, the shape. I mean, I could have said an X, but also, I mean, an X doesn't really imply intent, you know. And I, again, I don't know you. So Michael is exactly right as, as far as the chaos magic substitute. You substitute anything that you want in there. Instead of, you know, God bless, whatever, you can say mother, father, God, you can say all-encompassing light, you can say peace and love, you can do whatever floats your boat, which I told you. So even though I'm mad at you, Kevin, can you hear it? Can you hear it in my voice? I'm mad. Mad at you. Um, I do have an idea about why things are breaking in your new uh, apartment or house, but... 
I am not going to explain any more to you because I'm mad. And if you apologize for basically comparing me to the religious right when I went out of my way to help you, a stranger, I am a working mother. My time is rare. If you apologize on this show, then I will help you out with the breaking things. Maybe ease your mind. Maybe. Maybe I'll ease your mind. Better be a good apology, Kevin. Bye, Michael. Bye, everybody. I love you. I love all of you. Except for Kevin. Bye. There you have it. Shots fired. Kevin Kirkpatrick, it's your move. Is he going to apologize or not? I don't know. But Kevin, if you're listening, my advice, don't make the witch angry. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their case has had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible, and if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.